The thing about the sport court is our next guest, I just found out he actually played Division I basketball. And if I'd known this, I would have made sure that we had him over at the sport court, dunking away with Spencer Dinwiddie and others and making the most of that. Unfortunately, he has to get out of here uh, pretty soon. I'm talking, of course, about the legendary hip-hop star, 2 Chains. This is a deep dive into this really interesting emerging phenomenon of music, celebrity, NFTs, this clash, if you like, of these movements. It's fascinating stuff. He'll be joined by our Deputy Editor-in-Chief, Zach Seward, and Tyler Spaulding, the CEO of Flexa. Hey, everybody. How about some noise for 2 Chains? Chains, not to be outdone, I got a little something made, okay? What you got? Nice. Don't worry, it's made out of plastic. It's 3D printed. It's the Coindesk logo. Shout out to Rob Mitchell for printing this nice. in his garage. Thanks very much. All right, Chains, last we spoke was last July, and we were talking about your first NFT drop. It was to commemorate the great Pretty Girls Like Trap Music album. So I wanted to ask you, how did that go? How y'all doing today? Everybody good? Go by two chains if you were born today or whatever, but the NFT drop that I did was with Trevor Andrews, who was the artist behind an album that I dropped in 2017. It was called Pretty Girls Like Trap Music. And it was one of my most successful albums to date. And the album cover at that time was a picture of a pink trap house. And for people that don't know what a trap house is, it's like a house that you should not live in. <laughs> and the NFT was actually like a depleted trap house of what it may look like, you know, a couple of years later. And, and you know, we did well with that. So, you know, thank you for asking. Yeah, it's good to, good to get caught up on that. So we know 2 chains. even the newborns in the room know 2 chains. We got to hear about Tyler. Tyler is the co-founder of Flexa. I'm going to ask you, Tyler, how did Flexa and 2 chains come together in the first place? What's going on? Yeah, so, uh, so Flexa is a digital payments network, and as we've been growing now and getting all this sort of traction globally with merchants, we wanted to start um, you know, advertising that and the merchant network that we have. And so we looked to create some uh, digital advertising and campaigns, and so we started to look to create some online videos. And we looked far and wide to find some, you know, really unique celebrity talent that not only saw what all this was, but it was more meaningful to them. So not just, oh, I want to go sell some NFTs. I actually care about this. I want to learn about this. Like, what does this mean for my music, for him personally, for his career, right? So being much more interested in what this all becomes rather than just about making money. Because that's just really not what we can be here for and exposing the new people that aren't just the tech nerds at this conference, like myself included, right? So expanding much beyond all that. And so we got to meet as a part of all that, and we were just seriously impressed at, at just what, how he thought about it, how he was taking progressive steps into learning about crypto and things that you'd already done, but then really like a real cerebral approach, man. Like, I, you know, you really think about this stuff and he's got this really great demeanor. And like, that's also what Flexa, how we approach things or what, our ethos is, so it's a perfect match to start working together. Okay, Two Chain, so we mentioned the NFT experiment. Beyond that, however, how are you approaching crypto so far? 
honestly, right now, I'm a student of the game. I don't foresee any glass ceiling anytime soon with this. It's constantly changing, and I'm constantly trying to just learn and try to get my foot in the game. I haven't seen a successful formula to incorporate music, DTC. It's just other things that's in my field right now that I'm trying to see because I know I'm going to see it in my lifetime, but just trying to see how the digital space and that community uh, how it, is, it has a strong correlation with hip hop and how we can just cross paths, you know, make it lucrative. So that's what I'm here. I'm, I'm here for the, I have a show tonight actually in Charlotte and I felt it was, it was important for me to actually be here as well. So Yeah, I think it's important that you mentioned that, you know, direct to consumer relationship mm -hmm. and really owning, you know, the artistic output. Yeah. I know you've thought about that in the context of blockchain, but also in the context of other technologies that are out there today. What are you seeing that might be promising in that space that could give more control back to creators such as yourself? The main thing I see now is how do we make the fans happy? How do we make them feel included? How do we make them feel special? When dealing with this idea of the crypto and music, it has to work past the artists in order for it to be successful. Or fan or whoever's following uh, the campaign has to feel like they're more, they're a part of it, like, you know, they can get rewards off of it and things of that nature. So it's just still very early. And, you know, I just, I'm an early adopter. So that's, that's the reason why I'm... Hey, yeah, to that point, um, when we've been talking now, you really share a lot of stories about how this is a theme. So this isn't just about crypto of like, oh, I'm going to kind of wait and see, learn about this. Can you talk more about uh, particularly Spotify and kind of your yeah. approach there? Like, yeah, like... Walk us through yeah, so around 2013, I had a meeting with Spotify, and it was about uh, streaming services. And, you know, at this time, you know, cars still came with CD players in them. And it was just an early idea. They had a timeline of them. Actually, I want to say starting it around 2007 or 2008 with an artist by the name of Lady Gaga. And so uh, I sat in this office for two hours as they tried explaining to me what music would be today. And it's what we have today, what we listen to, is when people ask for, you know, your auxiliary cord or your, you know, Bluetooth or whatever. And, and, and in this meeting, I felt like I was getting ahead of the curve because when it became um, something that everybody had to have and when, when Apple started offering, you know, three months free, you know, streaming service, and even before Jay-Z got a title, I was aware. Now, I wasn't smart enough to try to start my own streaming service like Jay-Z was, but I knew about it ahead of time, and that's one of the reasons why I'm in here now. I want to go back to that fan engagement aspect, and Tyler, I'm going to throw this to you first. I know you guys just acquired a company called Drop Party that kind of expands your repertoire uh, in terms of engaging with people through NFTs. What's that about? What are your goals with that acquisition, and how might that relate to you know, musicians, artists, and others who are looking to have those close relationships with their audiences. Yeah, sure. So Drop Party, uh, it's an Austin-based company, by the way. I think some of them are here. So if you're here, shout out to Drop Party. Here we got some in the front. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Drop Party is an experienced marketing firm, and they're basically able to create these now you know, merchandise drops or awareness around a performance, around a venue, around they can do online campaigns. And so we looked at that first just as a partner and then started looking at what that could be meaningful now to all of our merchants. And now all the launches that we're gonna have across the US and globally, 
now being able to do these events with every single merchant that we can launch and make this like something interesting and fun and it'll go beyond just you know standard boring payments and so even to start, we did something now with two chains. Uh, the weeks leading up to Consensus, we did a drop party where we issued NFTs as tickets to Consensus that we did an online campaign. And that's a perfect example of the things we want to do. Even though it's smaller in scope, but it's real. There's real utility. We didn't go sell NFTs. We didn't make art. We literally used them as utility. We created NFTs that then we could issue to people and hopefully you know, new people that are your fans that maybe didn't have crypto before. And now they're using it as an admission into a conference like this. Like that's the sort of stuff that we want to do. And we think it's really impactful. And it's the real utility of what crypto can do way, way beyond the speculative stuff. All right, Chan, so you got the first NFT project under your belt. LA of late has been a hotbed of NFT and metaverse experimentation. Where do you see the NFT space evolving over the next year or two? In the next couple of years, I see it being more utilities with it. I have, I have a story of, you know what I'm about to say? <laughs> it's a good one. So I recently had a bad case of FOMO. I mean, horrible case of FOMO, right? And I've already, you know, required Bitcoin and ETH. Basically, I was trying to buy a bored ape. That's what I was trying to get. I saw all my friends getting them. I saw them being avatars. I see people, you know, I see people putting them on their shirts. They're, you know, they're naming them these unique names. And I wanted, you know, a board. I wanted one. And my friend, Chris Lyons, he, he just kept sending them to me. And the floor just kept going to the ceiling. It stopped being a floor a long time ago, right? And I was like, you know, you know, oh, my God, you know, the cheapest one is 200. You know, the cheapest one is... 215, the cheapest one is 250. It wasn't even about the cheapest one. I was trying to find one that could, you know, spoke to me, like really said two chains. And then like, and then like Eminem buys one. And then like the floor, you know, so I'm like, how the hell does Eminem? Cause I know he's not, you know, so then it's other people. And, and so I, I go to a, I go to the All-Star game and then somebody's like, yo, change, you know, this is the guy that, you know, owns Coinbase. I'm like, hey, I want to give you 300000 because I need to buy this board. And they're like, you can't, you know, do that. And I have never had a much a harder time trying to give somebody 300000 in my life. I just could not. No one would accept it. No one would do it. And one day, no one would do it. And so that just wore off recently. And no, I don't have an ape. And I just, just was like, maybe, you know, maybe the ape is not meant for me. But for... <laughs> For, for about three weeks straight, though, man, I just searched on online on OpenSea, and I just, you know, I had a few of them, and then they would be gone. And then, you know, I saw some with gold chains, and, you know, I saw some that, you know, they kind of, like, looked, you know, in my mind, I could make it look like me, and somebody else got it. Thank you. <laughs> we've all been there, probably at lower price points, but we've all been there. We've all been there. So I got to ask, you mentioned you're holding Bitcoin and Ether. Are you holding any other assets? What kind of crypto do you exactly. have? It's not, it's not, you just said that, right? Well, I, I have a little something going on. Not a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm true to this. I'm not new to this, you know? <laughs> I, got a little, I got a little something, a little something, you know? First of all, my manager's in here somewhere. He tried to tell me about Bitcoin in like 2014, right? And so I have my financial advisor. Man, I might be telling too much information. Let me think. 
It's okay. You're among friends here. Don't worry about it. All right. It looks like some other rich people. But my financial advisor is the, is the same. Um, basically, I'm, I'm friends with a guy by the name of Mark Cuban, right? Okay, I've and, heard of that guy. All right. And then he has a lot of money, kind of like Tyler, right? I heard about that, yeah. And then I was like, you know, do you have things that can help me? And he's like, no. But he introduced me to somebody, and I told him, like, I want to, you know, he could tell just like him that I wanted to learn. So I end up getting inside, let's say, I end up getting inside a community that I, most people won't have a chance to get inside of, right? And so I asked him in 2014, like, what is your thoughts on, you know, crypto? And at that particular point, um, in that stage, they were like, stay away from it. You know, it was, it was almost like a myth. People heard of it. People weren't sure, you know. And my manager, he purchased a few Bitcoin and I didn't. So I wait till like 2020 when Bitcoin goes to, man, I don't want to cuss, goes up to freaking 50 something or something thousand. And then I have FOMO again, right? Because it looks like it's about to go up to these monkey prices that I can't. So I was like, I have three kids. And so my thought was to buy a Bitcoin for each kid. And when they turn 18, I'm going to issue them their, you know, it's just, it was just my way of, you know, investing in their future. So I have a couple of things set to the side for the kids. Yeah, that's a, that's a lovely gesture. That's a very nice gesture. I think you brought up something really important there, right? So the idea of accessibility to these technologies, to these investments, and there's a lot of friction there for most folks, yeah, right? Yeah, Not even is. talking about 2014. Still to this day, there is a lot of friction to engaging with these technologies in a meaningful way. Yeah. I was curious for your thoughts on that and what you think might move the needle on that. I mean, is anything is just, the story they told me about streaming, this is just very, is this, this community that we're in is, really new and it's intimidating to a lot of people a lot of people in my community there's a lot of people that i know who are on the fence about what this could be you know now i have ethan i have bit but i didn't wake up the next day when was that a couple of weeks ago when everything went yep. uh, yeah so i was going to see one of my doctors in la and he was like i ain't Man, I lost 80,000, I can't tell my wife. He didn't even want to go home after it. So I, I didn't feel it like, he, you know, he felt it, but it's just like, you know, this, this, this just, I just think it's very new, it's, in, in, it's intimidating, and you have, have smart-ass friends like Tyler who can help you navigate through this stuff, so. Well, no, to that point too, like for everyone here, some of these stories, man, I mean, they're, it, it, they're so relatable because he's saying how he got into crypto, how he uses crypto, how he thinks about it, how he's taking this real pragmatic approach, but yet still went through you know a trusted route before he bought Bitcoin or bought other assets. He had a friend, right, a manager yeah. that he trusted for years and years and years. So all the scammy stuff that you hear and all the noise, it yeah. still just comes down to just like us of, oh, someone trusted, right? Someone I can work with, someone that I know. Mm. Now I can get into this, and then. Now, you know, the FOMO, you see all this stuff. And, yeah. and it's almost this really big lesson of rather than just trying to rush into something that you're not genuine about or you just don't think is going to be meaningful, you know, you can just take a little bit, you know, yeah. rest, just yeah, a just, second just and see what it looks second. like. And, you know, it happens to all of us, whether you're, you know, a world-famous rapper or just like us, mm -hmm. you know, like, like, wow, we have this FOMO too. And now just yeah. like taking that appreciative appreciation to it. And that that's what I've really found. I've really enjoyed that as part of like, just us working together, seeing that now consistently, right? And like how we then can approach that, whether it's Flexo, whether it's people in this room, whether it's other artists. I mean, we've probably talked, man, like a day on 
what an NFT could be or be used for in the music industry. Mm -hmm. Like you, you hear things about, you know, royalties and access to events and, and sure that's, that's true, right? And that's not bad, but how, to your question of like how this becomes really meaningful, how do people use this? Like, how does it change the fan experience? How does it change your experience? How is it easy to where it just becomes so second nature to people to use? And then you can get the right onboarding and you can make it truly valuable to the average person just going to see a show or streaming your music yeah. or buying your merchandise, not like shoehorning in tech. And I think that's what a lot of, a lot of times happens is mm -hmm. that people really like the technology. So it's, I'm gonna push this onto the market because it's something I think that is cool. I think others should use it. When the reality should be the opposite. It should be a pull of how does this truly make your experience better? And then I think it, and we haven't got there yet. Mm -hmm. And that's what I appreciate you're trying to find out. Yeah. When it's there, I think it's going to be a huge impact. It's the value. It's the value. I think that's the that's the that's the common denominator. What's the value over time? Period. What's the value of it? I like that push-pull dynamic, and I want to go to that for a minute. You know, this last bull run saw a ton of celebrity involvement in promoting crypto assets, right? So I'm going to put this to Tyler because you mentioned early on. You know, you were sort of looking to be involved in that space, and you ended up finding two chains kind of had his head on his shoulders the right way. But, you know, present company excluded, what are you seeing out there that hasn't worked as it relates to this sort of celebrity crypto moment? Man, there's a lot that hasn't worked. So it's really about, I think, finding the right people. So the people that care that have been involved in it, because then you get into the situation where it is just, you know, in our world, shilling, and they're getting paid to advertise something. And that just rings a lot more hollow in an industry that is already full of you know, a lot of anonymous actors, a lot of uncertain technologies, a lot of uncertain dynamics, economics, right? When all that is in place, we're already dealing with something that's a lot harder to approach. So now when you just try to tack on some sort of celebrity endorsement to it where they're not involved or they don't have any true interest or are not part of the mission or they don't want that thing to genuinely succeed. I mean, like, yeah, like someone like Chains here, like he's very brave, right? You're a brave fellow, but you've got other things, other genuine components around it. So in making some sort of a commercial, it's not just about that, right? It's about how does this impact people? Why is this meaningful? Like, what, is, what does it do for people? And that was in how we approached payments, for instance, and in, in working with you, it was showing digital payments being really simple and easy and just normal people using it, right? All different types of people. And it's just a really fast and easy payment method. This is like a normalized thing, right? It's not something that's hard to approach. It's an everyday thing. It's super easy. And this is kind of where the world is going. And don't be intimidated by it. It's something that's really, really that easy for you. And then everyone gets utility out of it. And then, you know, obviously knowing that I'm borderline genius. Borderline? Sure. And, and he is too. To in, uh. include me in something like that, you know, it has to be... What it is, I'm, I'm very transparent. So I, I, I have always said this one statement that I feel like can sum up me in a room. And I always say that smart people can act dumb, but dumb people can't act smart, right? And so I am someone who I just, <laughs> and him just had a conversation backstage. He was asking me about my GPA. And, in college, and I told him I didn't make a C until I got to college. Now, that doesn't mean I'm smarter than anybody in here. It really just means I went to class and did all my work. But I am someone that in, enjoys trying to see what's next, trying to learn what's next, trying to be a part of what's next and what's new. And so 
you know, when I was approached by Tyler and with Flex and what it was standing for, I wanted to be, I wanted to stand next to it. Basically, whatever it was standing for, I wanted to stand next to it. And I knew that people that knew me knew that this is something that they can follow. This just wasn't, this was not about a check. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are teaming up with celebrities to sell everything from shoes to hot dogs. You know what I'm saying? And so it was important that when he, you know, vetted me out, that he knew that I was someone that could be taken serious in this space and in this community. So within sort of the world of music and entertainment, I'm sure there's a ton of these conversations around crypto happening all the time, right? And, you know, to your credit, you're learning as much as you can about this space, but you also kind of know probably more things about it than, say, you know, the next musician, right? Either way. You never know. Either yeah. way, you never yeah. know. So when you're having these conversations with people in the industry, you know, what are those conversations like? What are those conversations return to? And what are the messages that you're finding are resonating with people who are out there making art? Well, honestly, the day hadn't really came where it's just like, you know, artists backstage getting ready for the show, talking about, you know, their wallet. They hadn't got that far yet. But it was uh, back when I had this FOMO and I kept seeing these rappers pop up with these bored apes. I was texting them like, how the hell did you get it? You know, like, how did who did you, you know, and that's how the conversation because that's. I think people weren't talking, they were showing, it was more of a show thing, like showing, to, it wasn't like a conversation. People weren't exactly making songs to it or having captions evolved around the digital space or crypto. It was more or less like, if you know, you know. And, and that was the approach that's been going on right now. It's almost like a, a little, like a little secret almost with some artists, and we know it's not a secret, but, it, but the way that they are acquiring it is almost like it's not supposed to be for everybody's ears, if you know what I mean. Can we expect some crypto lyrics in a two chain song yeah, anytime I, soon? I, yeah, I, I have on blockchains now. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. good. That was that good. That was good. That was good. That was good. That was good. I let you get right across. See, that's how we can. So I give you an NFT. I'll give you guys credit on the lyric, even though you didn't think of it. And right. and and it and it'll you can come to a concert and yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. See, that's how you do an NFT. Right? It's pretty close, right? Good stuff, good stuff. All right, I have so utility. Last time we spoke, last July, we were talking about your first sort of NFT experiment, right? Yeah. And uh, I know you guys are linked up, you guys are working together. You know, that was your first experiment. At the time, you said, it's probably not my last. Yeah. So I'm curious, what's next for you in your crypto adventure? And does it involve this guy in some capacity? Yeah, everything I do from this point will involve him. I'm working on it. No, seriously. I'm working on a, um, an album with an artist by the name of Lil Wayne, and we're gonna have... The music already sounds like the metaverse, if that makes sense. No one knows what it sounds like, but it's just like... I, know, I feel that. Oculus on, like, steroids. Like, you know, I don't even know if that makes sense, but it I'm, sounded good. I, I'm, I'm with that. It's like sort of that trippy visual experience, well, but it's, for your it's ears, very right? Shroom, I mean, trippy, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, very trippy. Got it. Shout out to psilocybin. All right, well, that's exciting. So will that have uh, sort of a <laughs> blockchain or NFT aspect to it? We're, 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 we're building it out, brother. Okay. Don't make me, okay. you know. I'm sorry, I had to press, that's if my job. somebody was trying to surprise you for your birthday, would you want to know, know about no, it? No, no, that's fine. No, no big deal, no big deal. So Tyler, you know, what's next uh, with 2 Chains and Flexo, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, for us, uh, We've had some really exciting merchant growth. Um, we launched a couple of weeks ago with Chipotle, so a lot of people saw that. So nationwide across 
you know, more than 10,000 stores. So getting now integrated just with Flexa across all the U.S. and then lots of other countries uh, that we have kind of upcoming, which is going to be really neat. And then not only just beyond, you know, crypto assets, um, lots and lots of other types of assets we're going to be adding. Because, again, it's about if you're bringing this to, you know, an average person and giving real utility, it's not exclusive. It's how can I just use an app that I already have and buy something with it and make it really easy. It needs to be that way. Otherwise, we're just working really hard and really not achieving the right goal. And so it'll be all different sorts of assets that we'll be adding, all different types of apps. And then importantly, it's expanding into other experiences, right? So working with other artists, we've got, we'll be launching in um, some sporting stadiums very soon. And so like now getting really integrated into the fabric of, you know, your everyday life and everything that you're buying and purchasing and having now crypto or digital payments just be ubiquitous, right? That's a really big part of what we're setting out to do. And so having the right partners be able to help do that for us is really important. All right, guys, well, I really enjoyed this conversation. I have no further questions, but I want to give you the last word, Two Chains. What's the last word? Me? You. God is good. <laughs> All right, we'll end it there. Thank you so much to Two Chains. Thank you so much to Tyler Spaulding. We hope you're having a great consensus. We wish you well. Have a great day. See ya. Thank you.